Welcome to Grisha Cast. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse, a world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Well, hello, 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 Grisha Cast listeners. It is me, your host, Eric. And guess what, guys? I have my co-host with me. It is my best friend in the whole world, and she is here and ready, and I'm going to introduce you now. Here she is. It's Terry. Hi, guys. Hi, <laughs> Eric. Hi, my fellow Grisha. How is everyone doing tonight? Woohoo! We're good. So, this is Terry. She's... She is my best friend, and she is filling in, and she actually just finished the first book. So, what do you think of it? I loved it. As I was saying to you earlier, it's been really hard to get into some other books. I'm from another fandom, and since reading that fandom, it's really hard to get into anything, because you kind of get stuck Mm -hmm. with a certain author. And this was the first time that I really got into another book. That's awesome. It was. I really enjoyed it. And I was very thankful that you introduced me to them. Oh, good. Well, our our Grisha cast listeners and the entire Grisha fandom is huge. And, like, we're crazy and just love this stuff. So I'm glad you liked it. It's really, I love finding other people to read this and just find it as incredible as I do. And it's just, it's amazing. Lee is such an incredible writer. I love the way she writes and just... This whole world she's created is just, it's so, it's so good. It's done so well. I really enjoyed the underlying themes of light versus dark and good versus evil and um, Alina not needing a man to bring out her inner power. She had it in herself. All she had to do was believe in herself. And I think we all need a little bit of that. We sure do. Absolutely. What do you think of the Darkling as a villain? I like him. Yeah. I... Because this is the first time reading through, I don't know how things are going to go with him. And I, I want to see more of that complex character. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. Oh, you will. Yeah, that's a great thing. So that's another thing, guys. Um, since she's never read this, it's going to be interesting because um, Fiona had already read all these. So we kind of like talked about a lot of different things that we hadn't gotten to. So I'm... I don't know. We'll just see how this goes. I'm going to also try not to spoil anything for Terry because I don't want to do that. Because Spoiler alert. Yeah. Don't want that to happen. So, well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed the first book. And um, so this is going to be our first episode going into book two. And thank you guys so much for hanging in there with us. I can't believe we actually made it through book one. And we've got more followers. We just keep on getting more and more followers. So that's awesome. And just thank you so much for doing this with us. It's it's so much fun. So before moving on, I have a fun little story that brings everything full circle. Ooh. So oh. Eric and I met in high school <laughs> in yep. our very first show together, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Ooh. Do you remember what character I played? A majestic white stag. Oh. So let's just bring all this full circle. This was meant to be, Eric. That was. That's incredible. That's awesome. <laughs> I did not remember that, but that's... Foreshadowing. Yeah, I remember... That was so long ago, I remember being in the play with you. But hell, if I can remember what anybody is. But you were a stag, that's right. I sure was. That's awesome. You were an amplifier and didn't even know it. Right? Mm, how cool is that? That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hi, producer. What are you doing over there? 
You know, this is uh, the last time I'll be on the show now that we have a, a this proper is, host. This is not. You can please feel free to come on into our conversation whenever you want. People did enjoy you coming in, actually. They like, I, I haven't I, had a single tweet. No, but we did have someone say that they enjoyed you being a part of the show. Well, I'm going to leave the listeners with a uh, story of my own. Okay. I, uh, a lot of things happen behind the scenes here, and um, a lot of things happen at our house behind the scenes. <laughs> and the other day, I woke up, and there's these seeds all over the house, all over the floor, and it drove me nuts. And I couldn't figure out what they were. I thought they were some kind of bug at first, but the more I followed them around and tracked them throughout the house, they were everywhere. And uh, mm-hmm. come to find Eric, Eric found out that they were... Um, what, what did you call flax them? Seeds. Yeah, flax seeds. Flax I thought seeds. they were cheap. Anyway, so I spent two hours vacuuming all these seeds up, and they were all over the house. We couldn't figure out. We spent days trying to figure this out. Come home the next day, walk in. There's seeds all over the place. These things are just growing and coming out of somewhere. <laughs> and Eric and I are just trying to find out where these things are coming from. And we are, we are losing our minds because all of the flax seeds that we own are in the cabinet, and there's no indication that they have left their jug <laughs> and have gotten over the house. So we are just losing our mind. So we clean them again, and Eric goes through the house with these new slippers. They're, and by the way, amazing. I was so happy to find them. They were, um, I need some new house shoes, and they were ones that you could actually put in the microwave and heat up or put them in the freezer and cool down. Uh, and I was like... And they're apparently full of flax seeds. Yeah. And they had a <laughs> hole in them. And everywhere he goes, he's throwing seeds everywhere. I was so upset and disappointed to find out that, like, I was literally, like, waking up each morning and being like, yay, I get to put on my new house shoes. They're so comfy. <laughs> and I'm going to bed every night saying, yay, I get the vacuum again. So... It was like a breadcrumb trail. We knew exactly where you were. Everywhere, apparently. I was losing (laughs) my mind over these seeds. Well, luckily, the the shoes are now being returned. I was hoping you were going to say these were the greatest house shoes. They were really comfortable, besides the fact that there was a mysterious hole somewhere that I couldn't find. No. So, but anyways. That's my behind-the-scenes story. I've been vacuuming flax seeds for three days. Thank you. Well, I've been preparing for this episode. So, well, thanks, hon. Um, okay, well, let's get right on into it. So, real quickly, um, I guess a recap. We always do a recap. Recap of the last episode was just we finished the book. And as if you were here or you read it, you know, I mean, Mal and Alina got away from the Darkling. And a lot of stuff happened. Um, but they were able to get away, and they left uh, the Darkling and a whole skiff full of people being attacked by Volcra in the Shadowfold. Who survived. Yeah. Well, we're not there yet. But yes, he did. Right. So, um, anyways, yeah, that's, that's what happened. So we enter, we're going to start off um, in the before chapter of Siege and Storm. And I love the way she writes these because she doesn't do it from Alina's perspective. It's written from somebody else's. Uh, So it's always the boy, the girl. And we always know that the boy is Mal. The girl is Alina. So we start off, excuse me, um, where Alina and Mal are escaping from Ravka on a Kirch trader ship called the Verhater. And... um, yeah, they are staying in a closet with two other passengers. Pretty cl- cramped, I would think. 
I would think so. Yeah. And they made sure to describe it as not a magic ship. Did I just call that the Verhader? Because I meant to say Verhader. Yeah. Anyways, you know, Verhader. Okay. Cramped. Um, okay, so yeah, they're there. Um, Mal, of course, is... Um, I, I find this entertaining. Mal, of course, is helping the crew. And um, Alina is just scaring the shit out of everybody. <laughs> um, the captain, it, they're just freaked out by her because she is having nightmares and um, they're loud nightmares. So the captain, I guess, somehow politely asks, um, could you stay below deck? And um, I found that rude. But well, I also think um, traditionally women on ships were bad luck. Well, yeah. It's and- an old superstition. I mean, plus the fact that she's, you know, a little different. Well, yeah. But she's the woman on the ship. She's bad luck. And I hate that. I hate that they say that. Like, I mean, that's just not, I don't know. That sucks. Poor women getting such a bad rap, being unlucky on a ship. The good old days. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Well, um, so she stays below deck. um, And I've got a little, of course, you know me and my quotes. So I'm going to read this real quickly. Um. So the girl spent her days haunting the dark belly of the ship. She counted barrels of molasses, studied the captain's charts. At night, she slipped into the shelter of the boys' arms as they stood together on deck, picking out constellations from the vast spill of stars, the hunter, the scholar, the three foolish sons, the bright spokes of the spinning wheel, the southern palace with its six crooked spires and the reason i brought that out is because i love little snippet snip, <laughs> snippets of the grishaverse and how she came up with their own constellations that is so cool don't you think that is really cool it helps to set the tone of the world yeah those things are amazing so i um just loved it and um so we continue on where um she, we get further in finding out that Alina is dreaming of sand skiffs and this dark prince. I wonder who that is. Obviously the darkling. But um, something that's interesting is she's, even though these are nightmares, it's written in here that she's enjoying them because it's the one place that she can use her power. And um, yeah, that's, it's sad. It kind of lets us know what's going on right now. Um, trying to, if we think back, Alina just was able to, just got her power, just learned how to use it, finally was being able to use it for good and feel great and be an amazing person, be on her, be all the way up there, be herself. And it sounds like we're getting back into where she's going to have to start suppressing that again. Well, you know, when you're not in touch with your inner self, you just don't feel right. Yeah, and apparently it makes food taste bad. So they, um, they finally dock on Novia Zem. Okay, so... I real quickly want to point out that if you were reading from the book or um, have seen the map, Novia Zem is really fucking far away um, from where they left. I'm just saying, I mean, it would be like taking a boat from England to New York. It It's huge. That would be a long-ass boat ride. So when they're escaping the Darkling, I mean, personally... I wouldn't be worried when I got over to Novia's M. I mean, I'm this fucking far away from him. But they seem to still be, Alina's still a little paranoid about it. Still still seems to be scared um, that the Darkling is going to find her. So 
anyways, they 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 dock, and we get to see a little bit of Alina's um, paranoia because she scans the harbor for Corporal Kai Red or Ethereal Kai Blue, and um, yeah, so I mean, she's just she's still ser- she's searching and just she doesn't see anything, but she does pray and that they will be safe and that this can be their no- new home. So and that's the way it ends for before. Um, I'm sorry, did I miss something? You missed. Farewell, Fintiman. Ooh, girl, that's right. That's right. The sailors are saying, bye-bye, ghosts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bye, scary girl. Bye, weirds. Oh, and thank you, Mal, for helping do all the things on the ship. <laughs> we loved it. Just keep that girl away. Exactly. So we enter on into chapter one, getting on in here. And by the way, this um, the beginning of this book is a lot. There's a lot of stuff that goes on. And I just want to say I really like the way that Lee did that. She doesn't leave us really hanging. She does a good job of, one, reminding us of what had happened just in the ending chapters of Shadow and Bone. Um, she just does a great way of bringing that back in. And it doesn't take long for us to get into action at all. So, um, starting off in chapter one, we're back into reading from Alina's perspective, and they have settled into a town called Cofton. And Alina is working in a Jurda packing facility. So, Jurda, um, I'll get a little bit further into what Jurda is because I have a really good quote there. But um, that's just, a, it's a neat part. So, and their plan is to. What? To travel, um, hopefully further in, just so they can start to feel safe. They're running off into the wilderness together. Yeah. And um, I guess they've got, like, a routine down. So every day, Alina and Mal um, meet after work and walk back to their boarding house together. How sweet. Oh. Cute. Um, in the pit. Yes. Exactly, the pit, which is what Mal calls their boarding house. And um, it's quoted here. I'm not going to quote it, but Alina hasn't been using her powers, so she, it's referenced that food is not tasting as good as it would. Um, and it just kind of brought me back to... Uh, all the way back into Shadow and Bone when she was just not her... All the way the whole... The first part of the book. Her right? mousy self. Yes. Her, it's a good way to describe it. I like that. Her mousy self. I her, think that's what the Darkling actually said. Her mousy life or her mouse life. Yeah. So she's back there to she, being her mousy self because she's not letting that inner light shine. She's not. So this next quote I've got is the one that I was going to say about Jurda. And the reason I like this is because it gives us a little glimpse into Grishaverse culture. Um, or more like Ravkin and Novia Zem culture. So here it is. Mal and I had come to Cofton to find work that would finance our trip west. It was the center of the Jurda trade, surrounded by fields of the little orange flowers that people chewed by the bushel. The stimulant was considered a luxury in Ravka, but some of the sailors aboard the Verheder had used it to stay awake on long watches. Zemini men liked to tuck the dried blooms between lip and gum, and even the women carried them in embroidered pouches that dangled from their wrists. Each store window I passed advertised different brands, Brightleaf, Shade, 
DACA, the burly. I saw a beautifully dressed girl in petticoats lean over and spit a stream of rust-colored juice right into one of the brass spittoons that sat outside every shop door. Cute girl. Mm -mm. You you just spit on in that spittoon like you in a Western. So it's like Zimini tobacco. Tobacco, it also makes me kind of think of like some kind of like weird cocaine. I mean, like energy monster drink. It just, it gives you energy. And meth. Gu- and gum disease. And gum disease. Oh, then maybe it, you know what? It's the, it's the meth of the world. It, that's it. That's bad exactly te- what it is. Bad teeth and keeps you awake. And that's why she's paranoid. There we go. Well, no, it hasn't said that she's been dipping into the jerda. But um, she's it, been around it. She has. She has. I mean, because, I mean, she's been picking it so, you know, it could get into your bloodstream that way. You know we're all having fun here, guys, so, obviously. Um, Anyways, Alina notices on her walk to meet Mal that this country is very different from Ravka. Um, And it's different because this is a country that is not at war. Um, The shops are actually selling candles, not guns. The homeless actually are wearing shoes. Women are dressed in velvet and lace. It's... Totally different. They are not at siege. So that's just a huge difference for her. And um, Alina's very cautious and stays paranoid. Um, she sees someone wearing red and immediately thinks it's the Corporal Kai. And she goes into complete fight or flight mode. Plan. I, I mean, her plan is it's just a plan of attack. Dagger first, pistol second, power at last resort. And... Um, Finally, she just actually notices it's just a girl wearing a cute little red dress. Breathe, girl. I know. And you know what that this reminded me of, which is totally, like, sad, and is Schindler's List. I don't know if you ever saw that, but, like, there's a very dramatic scene in that when they're, like, um, it's a horrible scene where they're just, like... Yes, it is. Liquid, liquidating? No. What's the correct word? Liquid... Uh, eradicating erratic well there's some kind of weird word when they're anyways unfortunately they're killing a lot of jews in this um in the ghetto and you see this beautiful girl in a red coat just running around and this is a black and white film so i know i went dark there for a second but you know what i'm jewish so i mean i just brought it up um anyways i love you guys thanks for hanging in there with us (laughs) even with our depression um so she sees a girl in a red dress and kind of goes a little AWOL, but luckily she gets over it. She realizes that with time, this paranoia is going to go away. So, Alina, um, and this is where I, I come in and this is where you start talking. You know, she is wearing that scarf still, um, and that's hiding her collar. And she's worried about her summer fashion, though. Absolutely, I would be too. I was thinking the same thing, which is another reason why I thoroughly enjoy these books, is I will be thinking something, Mm -hmm. and in the next sentence, the character thinks the same thing. That's awesome. So it's very realistic. But I was thinking the same thing. I was like, girl, you cannot wear that scarf Mm. when it gets hot outside. And Mm. she is also worried about the same thing. Yeah, well, she is. She's come from wearing keftas and being all luxurious and beautiful and now she's just back to that mousy self this next part um kind of is just a little bit of a snippet of giving us an update of what's going on in the world of grishaverse so quote is 
News was easy to come by in Novia Zem, but none of it was good. Rumors had surfaced that the Darkling had somehow survived the Battle of the Fold, that he had gone to ground to gather his forces before making another attempt on the Ravkin throne. It did... I didn't want to believe it was possible, but I knew better than to underestimate him. The other stories were just as disturbing, that the fold had begun to overflow its shores, driving refugees east and west, that a cult had risen up around a saint who could summon the sun. So there's your little newsflash, guys, of what... And that's really, like, an actual quote. Um, I love that they just kind of, like, you know, gave us a breaking news update in the book of what's going on. Because I wondered... What happened to the Darkling? I mean... We knew his storyline wasn't done yet. Well, right. Absolutely. But you still just... Just how and when he was going to surface. Well, and how it would happen and, you know, just what happened. There's a lot of questions still there. So, um, Alina finally starts. Um, Spot starts to see Mal. She sees him in the square. He's talking to his good old bud, Jess. What up, Jess? <laughs> and, um... This Jess is, is weird, according to Alina. Absolutely. And um, they are around a lot of women that are washing their clothes. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say these women are flooding their basement over Mal. Because mm-hmm. listen to this quote. This floods my basement. Okay, just imagine this. They were all gawking at Mal. It was hard not to. His hair had grown out of its short military cut and was starting to curl at the nape of his neck. The spray from the fountain had left his shirt damp, and it clung to skin bronzed by long days at sea. He threw his head back, laughing at something his friend had said, seemingly oblivious to the sly smiles thrown his way. Girl, that was just like some soft porn. It for was. Ma- I mean, soft core. I, I was just like, I, I imagined all that. Saw like him just flicking his head back, the sun going through the rays of the sweat and the, oh, I was there for it. <laughs> oh, God, love it. If I had more sound clips, you would have just totally gotten some brown chicken brown cow. But they're, we're not there yet. No. Um, but, hey, that's a great thing. With more followers, we'll get some more stuff. We'll get sponsors. And then we could probably afford some more <laughs> sound bites. <laughs> so, right Let's now. Let's make our own. Exactly. We can do that. So, um, so these women, mm-hmm. they are lusting after him. They sure are. But he doesn't have eyes for them. No. Because he just, what does he do? He looks at Alina and gives her a huge grin. Oh, I know. It's so cute. It's sweet. And um, the women are gawking in disbelief. And why is that? Because they look at Alina. And there she is, her mousy, scrawny girl, stringy, dull brown hair, her sallow cheeks. Her fingers are stained orange from packing the jurta. Um, she doesn't look like she's been eating or sleeping. And they're just like, you're with him? Wow. But you know what? That's what love. Hey, can't can't disregard what love can do. It can bring so many people together. He knows her inner light. He does. Well, and they've been together for like so long. So they really do have such a strong relationship. And um, so Alina and Mal talk with their friend for a minute. But um, Mal tells Alina... Uh, 
or I'm sorry, can tell Alina's getting nervous because she doesn't really like being out in public spaces, getting back to this paranoia that she's got. And um, on their walk back to the boarding house, Mal kisses Alina. And I found it sweet just because he's doing it because that's actually where they will have privacy because they're going back to their boarding house and there's no privacy there. So, you know, got to get it in where you can. You know, but then right afterwards, we hear that uh, Jess thinks that she has a goiter. Yes, so that's a funny story. Would you like to say it? Good. Uh, let's see. Mal cleared his throat, and he said he would pray to the God of Work to heal your affliction. Yeah, she says, "My what?" And he Girl. says, "I may have told him that you have a goiter." <laughs> That was his quick-thinking way of hiding the fact that she's got the forever bracelet on mm-hmm. and that weird old scarf. Well, you got to say something. <laughs> so I guess poor Mal was there, and he's like, oh, she's just, you know, she's got a goiter. Just a goiter. A goiter. You know, they're kind of popular in some places. So anyways, they playfully argue about this goiter. It's cute. Pretty girl, giant growth, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so anyways I've got a massive quote here in front of me Um, and I think it is important to read Um, so it's going to kind of just tell us it's a snippet into Alina's head which is you know these are important because I put these quotes in here because sometimes I like to read the quote instead of just trying to put it in my own words because Lee's words are so much better so I'm going to read this real quickly. Mal laughed, but I noticed that he kept his hand on his pistol. The pit was located in one of the less savory parts of Cofton, and we were carrying a lot of coin, the wages we'd saved for the start of our new life. Just a few more days, and we'd have enough to leave Cofton behind. The noise, the pollen, filled air, the constant fear. We'd be, able, we'd be safe in a place where nobody cared what happened to Ravka, where Grisha were scarce, and no one had ever heard of a sun summoner. And no one has any use for one. The thought soured my mood, but it had come to me more and more lately. What was I good for in this strange country? Mal could hunt, track, handle a gun. The only thing I'd ever been good at was being a Grisha. I missed summoning light, and each day I didn't use my power, I grew more weak and sickly. Just walking beside Mal left me winded, and I struggled beneath the weight of my satchel. I was so frail and clumsy that I'd barely managed to keep my job packing jurta at one of the field houses. It brought in mere pennies, but I'd insisted on working on trying to help. I felt like I had when we were kids, capable Mal and useless Alina. I pushed the thought away. I might not be the sun summoner anymore, but I wasn't that sad little girl either. I'd find a way to be useful. Love the way it ends because it's just like she kind of like snaps back into, you know, I'm not going to stay in this mousy mood. I I know what I have been. I know what I can be. I am capable. I've just got to get back there. And In the meantime, I'll do what I can do. Exactly. She'll, she's just going to, she's going to do this. So they get back to the boarding house, and um, they notice that the landlord is acting a little sketch. Um, he's just 
acting a little weird. Um, we find out that Mal has afforded this lodging um, and traded the room and board for one of the golden pins that Alina had in her hair when she was a Grisha. So if we remember back in the the end of Shadow and Bone, when she runs off, she's dressed in all her her beautiful kefta, and Jenya had got her all pertified up, had put her hair up in golden pins so everybody could see her beautiful collar, forever bracelet, and so she still had those, and those are gold pins. So, you know, they didn't have much running away, and I'm sure those were an easy way of, you know, you, for money. So, anyways, they, um, a little snippet into there. So he notices, she notices that the, um, the landlord's acting kind of weird. And um, Alina, we also learn right here, this is a great part, we learn how to say ass in Kirch. Jervanazel. 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 But Jervanazel. Ah, oh, I love uh-huh. it. That's what we might name this episode. <laughs> Jervanazel. Um, but cut things short real quickly. They enter the room to be greeted, unfortunately, by Ivan, the Darkling, and other Grisha in disguise. Um, and Alina asks how they found them, and the Darkling comments that she leaves an expensive trail. What is that? The hairpins. The golden pins. Yeah. So. And Grisha just come out of the woodwork at this point, too. Yeah. So, and it's written really well because Alina's, like, just noticing, like, that everything is off. She looks out the window actually and sees some guy like adjusting his clothes, makes contact with him. And then like the guy like looks away. And right as I think Alina pretty much like realizes something is behind that door. Mal's opened up the door and it's just too late. We experience it right along with her in real time. Yeah. So, um, what is crazy and interesting um, is the darkling one discusses that Alina looks like shit. She looks terrible. And the Darkling also wants to thank Alina for something. And she seems confused by that because it's like, why would you want to thank me? Um, In this confusion, she tries to escape and uses her power, but obviously it's going wrong. She's got her hands behind her back. Yes. And here's a quote to better explain this. I concentrated and felt the power of the cut vibrate through me. I raised my arm, and something stepped out of the darkness. It's a trick, I thought, as the thing came toward us. It has to be some kind of illusion. It was a creature wrought from shadow, its face blank and devoid in features. Its body seemed to tremble and blur, then form again. Arms, legs, long hands ending in the dim suggestion of claws. A broad back crested by wings that rolled and shifted as they unfurled like a black stain. It was almost like a Volcra, but its shape was more human, and it did not fear the light. It did not fear me. It's a trick. My panicked mind insisted. It isn't possible. It was a violation of everything I knew about Grisha power. We couldn't make matter. We couldn't create life. But the creature was coming toward us, and the Darklings Grisha were cringing up against the wall in very real terror. This was what had so frightened them. And that's horrifying. And the thing that I find interesting that actually wasn't in this was that that creature literally was coming from the Darklings power. Um when we first were learning about his power, you know, it was like darkness that like curled around. This creature came out of that. Like 
weird. Like, how crazy is that? He says it was the gift that she gave him on the fold. Exactly. But my question is... Earned was the word. How... Okay, so he's earned this gift, but how did he get that? Like, I mean, that's what my confusion is. Like, what... She gave him a gift, but how? How how did he all of a sudden get that? Was it... I don't remember Alina going up and be like, Hey, I got you a gift card. Um, Surprise! Yeah, like... I'm wondering how he got that. Um, and I just, did you read anything that explained that? Because I didn't. I did not hear or see, read the exact quotation of how that happened. I don't think there is. I don't I think it's there yet. I can only think that the power that he used out on the fold increased Changed? his power, like calls to like. Well, maybe, yeah, because we get into that when we learn more about the Volker and him. You know, maybe we've got something there. Um, continuing on, um, while they try to fight back, Alina gets bit in the shoulder by one of these things. Um, and I'm going to finish off this chapter with that, with the ending of the chapter. The creature released me. I dropped to the floor in a limp heap. I was on my back, the pain still reverberating through me in endless waves. I could see the water-stained ceiling, the shadow creature looming high above, Mal's pale face as he knelt beside me. I saw his lips form the shape of my name, but I couldn't hear him. I was already slipping away. The last thing I heard was the Darkling's voice, so clear, like he was lying right next to me, his lips pressed against my ear, whispering so that only I could hear. Thank you. Boom. Mic drop. Darkling. <laughs> so let's just, I don't know. I, that's, that's a question I want answered. Um, and I'm sure we will. Well, maybe some of the listeners have a few ideas that we didn't think of just now. Yeah. So feel free to comment. Let us know what you think. Um, and this also could remind me of last season um, when we were reading, um, I had all these questions about how the Grisha performed their test. And I was like, it's not in here. But then all of a sudden we get to the chapter where it's explained. So in rereads, you know, it could very well be in this book. And we're Someone just in the group might have read something that we missed. Yeah, so we're just, we might not even be there yet. That might be the thing. It Maybe. might be answered um, a little bit later. So moving on into chapter two, I find this beginning very interesting just because, well, it's, it's a complicated, it's not complicated, I'm sorry. She's just going in and out of thought. Um, she's half asleep, she's asleep, and then she's dreaming. And it goes back and forth. But what she's dreaming is so interesting, I think. Um, did, what did you, did you think it was? Like, the dreams? It's kind of a three-part dream. Yeah, Where we exactly. have the first part, the second part, and, and in the third, it all comes together. Exa- exactly, you're right. Um, because in the first one, she's a child, and she's pretty much watching a woman carry a salt block up a hill, and her husband is just content that he's not having to do it. Um, he doesn't need a mule to do it. He's, he's got, got his wa- wife. <laughs> he's got his wife doing it. So, But then that makes Mal say, well, I'm going to marry Alina. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which, by the way, in the audio version, it's so cute, the like voice for that. I'm going to marry Alina. It's just really cute. Does so, he want does he want Alina to carry things for him? I I don't think well <laughs> so the next part we are seeing the same scene played out except Bagra is there. Yes. So 
interesting. And, and the quote she says mm. is, the ox feels the yoke, but does the bird feel the weight of its wings? Boom. Deep. It is. This whole, it is. And then the third part, Alina is the woman carrying the salt block, but then all of a sudden it gets too heavy, and what does she do? She lets go, and it breaks, and then she fucking flies away. She flies away. Literally, she gets, she has wings, and she flies away, looking down on just the scene. And Born then she went high by her own unfurling wings. So pretty. And then she finally wakes up. Um, and in between all this, by the way. There, we're kind of getting glimpses of when she's not dreaming, which it's like she's seeing different people that other Grisha, um, just other characters. Um, Jenya is there. There's just, it's, it's very sporadic. But we come to find out exactly what's going on when she wakes up and she realizes she is now on a ship. And uh, Lena has been out for an entire week. And this creeped me out. She's been out for an entire week because of Ivan, the Corporal Kai's powers. He's been keeping her asleep with his powers, which is just, oh my God, that's like really creepy. We like, in the beginning books, and we learned about the Corporal Kai, Jenya walks them through the whole small palace and like shows like all the different divisions and shows the Corporal Kai all work behind like walls with no windows. So like, because their power is like, I mean, it's creepy. Um, you know, they just, they're the ones that can slow your pulse. Um, they can also heal you. They are the order of the living and the dead. So just to all of a sudden see that in action. Yeah. He's been working as a, um, an anesthesiologist by, (laughs) by keeping her under. Yeah, exactly. He sure has. Um, so that just kind of creeped me out a little bit. I was just, I wasn't prepared for that, but You know, anyways, she was alive. Um, Her shoulder still hurting from the Darkling shadow creature um, bite. Um, But Jenya, her good Judy, has been taking care of her. Which, by the way, I don't know if I should have said good Judy because we're going to get to a part where, no, not such a good Judy. But we'll get there. Spoiler alert. Yeah, but spoiler alert for this episode. The episode, yes. (laughs) So, um, Alina asks where Mal is immediately, of course, um, Jenya nor Ivan answer. Um, Ivan informs Alina, you know what, girl? The Darkling wants to see you, so rise and shine. We got to get going. And um, on their way to the Darkling, Alina discovers that they are on a whaler ship. And, um, and it is stinky. It's stinky. And not only are there Grisha or Oprichniki, there are also a whole other crew. You know, just like an actual crew that um, don't have those affiliations, which I just I thought that was neat because it's like, okay, we're going to get some other characters here, maybe possible help. You know, Um, the Grisha are pretty much (laughs) I think this is funny. So the crew's working and the Grisha are pretty much sitting back, you know, just eating scones, drinking some tea and watching the crew work. Um, Doesn't say that in the book, but that's what I imagined. And um Alina meets with the Darkling and immediately, of course, what does she ask? It's her it's her golden question. Where is Mal? <laughs> and um he is just getting so annoyed. You're at, predictable, at least. Yeah. Is what he says. Because that's what she always does. But they're in love. Um, so that would probably be if 
if Chris, my husband, was in and I were in this situation and I was Alina and he was Mal, I would do the same Very thing. Very true. So And I would ask about you, Eric. Oh girl. That's Aww. so sweet. Oh, let's yes. have a moment. Let's do. Oh. <sighs> okay. Okay. So back to the Grisha verse. Um he um so the Darkling gap. Yeah, he's annoyed. You're predictable. Um he he does help her notice that he is on the um I'm sorry. Um the Darkling kinda lets her know that I mean Mal is on the other side of the ship. Um that he's not killed, he's not hurt. He's not dead. Nope. He is still with them and the Darkling is not gonna do that until he gets his use of him. So um we also learn here that the shadow creature has got a name. Nietzsche Voya. And that the wound that Alina has gotten, that's on her shoulder, can never be healed completely. It'll stop hurting, but it can't be healed completely. Not even by the Grisha. The Darkling says that the Nietzsche Voya are just the beginning. And that means nothing. Well, Literally yeah. nothing. Like that word, nothing. The, oh, the, Nietzsche Voya? nothings. Yeah. Nietzsche Voya means nothing. Terrifying. It is. And then they're just the beginning. So... We're going to, who knows what that's going to bring. What's sad is like, I've re I've read these books before and I literally can't remember what it's just like reading them for the first time. Ugh, love getting older in memory, but Hey, it's fun. You so, also pick out new things. I do read a lot. I'm consistently reading, so I don't want to get anything confused. Um, so Ivan takes Alina back to her cabin, and while he does, there's two sailors that notice the terrible way that Ivan's treating Alina, and they intervene. We got some new friends. We do. These are great characters, by the way, peeps. We got Tamar and Tolia, the twins. They intervene, and um, Tamar argues that Alina is actually Sturmon's prisoner because she is on his ship. And so here we go with a little quote. Sturmond, the name was familiar. Was this his ship then and his crew? There'd been talk of him aboard the Verhader. He was a Ravkin privateer and a smuggler, infamous for breaking the Fjordan blockade and for the fortune he'd made capturing enemy ships. But he wasn't flying the Double Eagle flag. Interesting. The Double Eagle flag is the, it's the emblem for the king and queen of Ravka. So um, if you're working for Ravka, you would have that double eagle flag, but he don't. He's a private privateer. A privateer. So uh, Ivan and Tolia get into it. We have a struggle, a power struggle. Oh, yeah. And um, Ivan uses his power on him. Um, And the ship's captain, Sturmon, stops, stops it by pulling out his gun and expressing that this ship has rules, kids. And you need to obey them. So um, Sturmon takes Alina back to her quarters. And um, this is Alina's first time with Sturmon. And, of course, she tries to take this moment to plead with him. um, But, and kind of, you know, help me. But he stops her and clearly states that he doesn't agree with mistreatment of prisoners and passengers on his vessel. But his compassions end there. And here's a quote because I absolutely love this. This character is so great, Sturmond, and this is going to be a back and forth between him and Alina. And I'm notoriously immune to tales of woe. So unless your story involves a talking dog, I don't want to hear it. Does it? 
Does it what, Alina says, involve a talking dog? No, I snapped. It involves the future of a kingdom and everyone in it. A pity, he said, and took me by the arm, leading me to the hatch. I thought you worked for Ravka, I said angrily. I work for the fattest purse. So you'd sell your country to the Darkling for a little gold? No, for a lot of gold, he said. I assure you, I don't come cheap, he gestured to the hatch. After you, with Stromhan's help, I made it back down to my cabin where two Grisha guards were waiting to lock me inside. The captain bowed and left me without another word. I just love it because I love how, like, snarky he's just like, this is me. I don't really give a shit. It's my favorite character so far. I enjoy that kind of character. Oh, my God, girl, and I'm not going to spoil it for you, but there is just so much more of this character. Oh, well, good. So just, he is... And this was after he a gave Ivan... A new nickname, Sharkbait. Uh, Sharkbait, yes. Sharkbait, ooh ha ha. Sharkbait, ooh ha ha. Oh, I love it. So, um, there's a lot to come with that. So, all my Grisha Cast listeners, do not spoil this for her. Nope, don't tell me. She's got a I'm lot. I'm in love with him, but so I think I'm glad to know that he continues on. He's a big fan favorite, um, and you'll see. Um, so, below deck, this is where Jinya. Um, and Alina get to talk, and Jenya brings her her dinner. Jenya tells Alina that she missed her, and they get into a discussion about whether their friendship is real, and Alina realizes that Jenya, along with so many others, don't know the truth about the Darkling, which, truthfully, I forgot, too. Like, going through this, sometimes I would get frustrated when Alina were talking to people about, like, why are you on this side? Why are you loving the Darkling? And it's because, like, not everybody knows the truth about him. Like, I forgot that. Um, So Alina tells her, you know, he created the fold. He is the one that's the black heretic. And, of course, you know, Jinya's apprehensive about this. I mean, this is a lot of new information, too. And here's a big thing. Um, Jinya tells Alina that all the letters that she wrote to poor Mal never got sent. That the Darkling said she could not have any connection to her old past. Which, last book, we dealt with that so much. Um, Alina being upset that Mal was not writing her. And to find out, no letters are being sent out. Um, Jinya had been lying to her the whole time. So Alina starts to, like, really contemplate this friendship that she's got. Um... She also, um, Jenya starts to tell Alina kind of what's going on, like, truthfully on the ship, and leaves her by saying, you know, we're going to see some ice soon. Um, and Alina, Alina realizes, oh my god, we're not going to back to Ravka right now, which is where she assumed this whole trip was going, was taking her back to Ravka. Um, and this next quote I'm going to give you is going to end us out for this chapter. It's just going to kind of reel us in, tell us exactly where we are right now. Somewhere above, I heard a sailor shout something over the wind. The bell rang to signal the change of the watch. We're alive, I reminded myself. We escaped from him before. We can do it again. But it was no good. And finally, I gave in and let the tears come. Sturman was bought and paid for. Jinya had chosen the Darkling. Mal and I were alone as we'd always been, without friends or allies, surrounded by nothing but pit- pit- pitiless sea. This time, even if we escaped, there was nowhere to run. So, you know, just a good little snippet of where they are. That's the truth. And a really short little quote right there. That's what's going on with them. They're, they're alone again. Um, and unfortunately, helpless. So, going on into chapter three, the last chapter we discussed, um, 
Alina notices that they are starting to get into some icy waters, which Jenya kind of hinted at. And the Darkling continues to stand on deck, staring out at the sea, looking for something. What you looking for, Columbus? Um, and on the seventh day of sailing, Alina notices that they are drifting by Jelka and Vilki, which is the bone road, a long stretch of water that she recognizes from being a map maker, um, which is really far, too, when you're looking at this Grishaverse map. They really are getting around the sea. Um, the Darkling asks for Alina, and this is their conversation. And by the way, um, Alina, noticing that the um, Darkling is searching for th- something, kind of starts to think that he's searching for some kind of another amplifier. Tell me... Um, so, here we go. Here's this conversation. And starting off with Alina. Tell me you're not contemplating what I think you are, I said. Tell me the amplifiers for some other stupid gullible girl. Someone less stubborn, less selfish, less hungry for the life of a mouse? Believe me, he said. I wish I could. I felt sick. A Grisha can have only one amplifier. You told me that yourself. Mort Zova's amplifiers are different. I gapped at him. There's another, like the stag... They were meant to be used together, Alina. They are unique, just as we are. I thought of the books I'd read on Grisha theory. Every one of them had said the same thing. Grisha power was not meant to be limitless. It had to be held in check. No, I said, I don't want this. I want, you want, the Darkling mocked. I want to watch your tracker die slowly with my knife in his heart. I want to let the sea swallow you both. But our fates are entwined now. Alina and and there's nothing either of us can do about that. You're mad. I know it pleases you to think so, he said. But the amplifiers must be brought together if we have any hope of controlling the fold. And this next quote gave me chills. Holy shit. You can't control the... Alina starts off. You can't control the fold. It has to be destroyed. Careful, Alina, he said with a slight smile. I've had the same thought about you. Boom! Oh my god. Chills. Loving it. A lot of information in there. So that's why I wanted to read that because so much easier just to read her quote than to try to even explain that. Just, you know, the Darkling obviously is wanting to do something that seems to be impossible. um, And we're back into the fairy tale land and we literally are the darkling asks Ivan to bring Mal to the deck. And, um, when he arrives, the darkling tells Mal, I need you to track. Um, he wants him to find the sea whip an ice dragon, Rusalia. So Rusalia in the stories, the sea whip was a cursed prince forced to take the form of a sea serpent and guard the frigid waters of the bone road that was Moritzova's second amplifier so mal of course is hesitant about to try to find the sea whip um and everybody's kind of laughing at him well yeah that's a myth exactly um the darkling says every day that passes that he does not find this sea whip he will peel back a piece of alina's skin let ivan heal it then do it all over again the next day until he finds Rosalia. That is a special kind of person to think that up. I know, right? So Sturmhond, of course, interrupts and says he will not abide by having a girl tortured on his ship. The Darkling tells Sturmhond that he works for him or is getting paid the least of his worries. So 
Sturmhan convinces the Darkling, luckily, to give Mal a week. And um, Alina and the Darkling then have another lovely conversation below deck. Alina asks him about their last experience on the fold, which is, this is juicy. So, how did you survive? He ran his hand over the sharp line of his jaw. It seems the Volcra did not care for the taste of my flesh, he said, almost idly. Have you ever noticed that they do not feed on each other? I shuddered. They were his creations, just like the thing that had buried its teeth in my shoulder. The skin there still pulsed. Like calls to like. It's not an experience I'd care to repeat. I've had my fill of the Volcra's mercy and yours. So there we go, Tear. We get that answer of like, you know... What's going on there? He, it, yeah, the Volcra, I mean, didn't, I don't think the Volcra really attacked him that much. I think he has got, had scars on his face, but I mean, once they tasted him, they're like, oh yeah, you're my master. You're the one that made me. So like, eh, I ain't going to eat you. I don't like the taste of you. You taste like turkey, girl. Ew. So, um, Alina asked the Darkling why he wants to give her a second amplifier because she's just bewildered by this. And she also politely reminds him, I did try to kill you, bitch. And failed. Yes, exactly. He says, without Mortsova's amplifiers, Ravka is lost. You were meant to have them, just as I was meant to rule. It can be no other way. So right now, the Darkling pulls out a book, Istori Sanctia, which is The Lives of Saints. Alina remembers this from the first book when the apparat threw the book at her and she just kind of was like, eh, and put it away. She didn't really do much studying. But it's a children's book. Um, and it's pretty much where he got this um, story of Rosalia from. It's a superstition, peasant propaganda. Um, and Mortzova was a strange man. He was a bit like you, drawn to the ordinary and the weak. The Darkling said that to Alina. And um, it's just so interesting, um, all these little snippets of backstory of Moritzova and the amplifiers and how these specific amplifiers have their own powers that are different than normal ones. It's kind of just their Grisha power is complicated. That's why it's a small science. Um, the Darkling talks to Alina about the nonsense and being in love with an Odkazatia, which, if we remember, that's the term for muggle or... <laughs> A human guy without, um, you know, any power. A non-Grisha. Yeah, exactly. This quote here Mm -hmm. that he talks about this, I had not thought about that at all. Oh, Until he says it there. Yeah. That he will grow old. Mal will grow old. Yeah. He will live his short life and you will watch him die. I know. That's just like... Damn. That like, is a stab in the heart. It is. Because up until that point, I had not thought about that. No, neither had I. So, um, and now here we are. We're going to end this chapter um, with the very last part of it. A cry rang out. Two points off the starboard. <laughs> Bow. <laughs> Sorry. That was funny. I was just trying to be, um, you know, like a sailor. I'll try it again. A cry rang out. Two points off the starboard bow. As one, Manly. Thank you. As one, our heads turned and I stilled. Something was moving in the midst. A shimmering, un- undulating white shape. Saints, Mal breathed. 
At that moment, the creature's back breached the waves, its body cutting through the water in a sinuous arc, rainbows sparkling off the iridescent scales of its back. Rosalia. This sounds like a gorgeous ice dragon it girl. It really like, does. Don't shoot that An thing. An iridescent rainbow creature of the I, sea. Oh my god. I mean, it might as well have like holographic scales. I would buy that eyeshadow palette. Yes. Sounds... <laughs> That's awesome. So there we are, kids, for our reading portion. And now we are going to get into... Grisha Cast News. So, first up on Grisha Cast News, this is huge for us. Lee thanks us for having a podcast on Insta. Massive. She actually tweeted and said, Thank you for having a podcast. And I about poop my little pants because I love that. I love, of course, we're obsessed with Lee, everything about her. And she, recognize, she recognizes this podcast and likes that we're doing it. So, I lived. I died. I came back and I died again. We are here. We are here for all of it. Um, also, this week, a good thing for um, Lee, Ninth House won Best Fantasy for the Goodreads Choice Awards. That is absolutely fucking huge because this is her first adult novel. And, I mean, this just came out in October, guys. And, I mean, I couldn't put it down. I read it in a week. It was absolutely amazing. It has nothing to do with the Grishaverse, but it's still her writing. And it is just so, so good. Um, So happy for her. Proud of her. So going on to a little bit of the show, the first two episodes of Shadow and Bone for Netflix have been finished being filmed. And an executive producer, Josh Berry, tweeted, You guys, I'm watching this week's film scenes from Shadow and Bone right now, and let me tell you, they are fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. It is lit. It is. It is shout. So, anyway, so that's um, that's actually all we've got for Grishaverse News, um, Grishcast News. I uh, There's a lot of, like, pictures that come out, the actors, but... You know, I think that's just that's just them filming, but it's nothing. We don't get to see any, like, sets or costumes, any of that. It's been their personal pictures of themselves, not really of the sets or exactly a lot of news. And they can't do that. No. I mean... And we, we don't want to be spoiled either. No. Um, as, as interested as we are in it, we oh don't want to spoil it for ourselves. Well, it was just a couple weeks ago where, like, Lee tweeted about, like, putting on a kefta and entering the small palace, and... I would flip out to see a Kefta. I, I just, I can't wait to see this. Oh my God, it's going to be so good. They better not screw this up either. Um, oh no. They won't. So um, I still have some PTSD from, from some other fandoms. Well, that's, So I am holding my that's, breath. That's the scary thing. I mean, you know, this is the first time and I, this fandom is huge and we love this stuff. So hopefully we'll keep our fingers crossed and it'll work out. So, listener thank yous um, on Facebook. I'd like to thank Sarah Courtney. Thank you, girl. And from Insta, um, Sarah um, at Grisha Fay. And actually, I wonder if I thanked you last week. And if I did, thank you again. So um, Keep it coming. Exactly. And I've got some Fjord and Mary kills to do. So, I've got two of them. One was sent by Sarah Courtney, 05. Um, this is from 
This is from Instagram. Fjord and Mary Kill, Wylan, Nikolai, and Zoya. Okay. Um, okay. This is hard because I really love Zoya um, because of her, her character as it evolves so much. I absolutely am in love with Nikolai. Uh, he is one of my favorite characters. So I'm going to have to gonna have to marry Nikolai and what's hard is who I would fear it in because I mean I don't want to kill Zoya because actually like I'd really like to talk to her a lot um Wylan is cute he's sweet but I'm sorry I'm gonna have to you know what okay wait I'll switch this um I'm gonna marry Zoya because you know that doesn't mean that means I get to really talk to her a lot if I fjord in someone, that's really just, you know, bang, bang, bang. I'd really like to bang Nikolai and unfortunately have to kill Wyland. Okay, so moving on to the next one. Hope, I'm, I'm sorry, Sarah, I hope that was good. Um, Bianca sent one from Insta. She gave me the Darkling, Nina, and Inej. Okay, I'm going to marry the Darkling. Oh, God. This is really hard. Um, I'm going to... Um, Fjordan and Inej and um, kill Nina. Bye, Nina. I know that's hard. But, you know, this isn't easy. Um, that's the thing. That's the reason for this. It's not easy. So Decisions must be made. Yes. But... Also, I would love to hear other readers what you guys thought of those. Um, so if you want to tweet yours out, um, you can. And you know what? I'm going to come out with another one as well, and we'll tweet it out maybe this weekend, and you guys can give us our your answers on one that we come up with. So um, we'll do that this weekend. Um, okay, so next week's chapters, we are going to be covering chapters 4, 5, and 6. And this was our first episode with Terry. It's it's awesome. I, I just love this because she is my best friend. And now we get to spend this time together. And I'm excited for her to go through it. How? What do you think? How was your first episode, girl? I am so happy to be here. Good. I'm so happy to be part of the Grishaverse. Yay. I am so happy to be part of the Grisha cast. Yes, girl. You a cast member now. And I am so looking forward to how the story continues. Exactly. And our discussions about it. It's going to be. Because I am reading along. I have not read chapter four. I am reading along with our cast. Exactly, guys. She's like actually going through this. So it's going to be really neat to get that perspective. And um, yeah, this will be great. So. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, follow us, like us. What I would really appreciate is if you guys can, if you guys have been listening to our podcast through iTunes or have the capacity to be able to at least go on there and review it, whether you use another like Spotify or not, whatever, at least can you go to the iTunes podcast app and rate us and review us. I don't care if you use Spotify for it, but just go there. That would be great. Um, That would help us out a lot. And um, also, any questions you have for us, um, we will be glad to answer. Follow us, like us. We've been doing great, by the way. You guys have been getting the word out. And, I mean, we've been getting a lot of followers. And I just I love hearing from you all. So 
Thanks so much. And introduce yourselves to me. I would love to meet you all on our socials. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, okay, well, that's it, kids. It's been a wonderful, great episode. We love you, and um, we will see you next week. Bye! Goodbye. This has been GrishaCast. You may email us at grishapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast, Twitter at GrishaPodcast, and on Facebook at GrishaCast.